Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, we're finally talking about the San Diego Goals. Join me on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this wet, soggy Monday morning. Hi, I'm Jason, J.D. Hernandez, your tour guide and historian and also game show contestant extraordinaire. Trying to cope with the fact that there's been no hockey for 10 days now. My goodness. Anyway, I just want to welcome you all to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, your daily source for everything Anaheim Ducks. I'm still kind of shell-shocked that there's no hockey. I know we're all dealing with this growing, growing COVID-19 pandemic. So just keep tuned in, keep locked in. There still could be hockey, although signs are indicating that there will not be hockey. And if you heard any of the previous three podcasts, you probably heard at the end of the show that I implied that there probably should not be hockey for the rest of the season. This is just the human in me talking. This is the safety person in me talking. But, you know, stick with us. There will be hockey at some point. Maybe not this year, but next season there will be hockey. We will be back with regular hockey content. But in the meantime, if you want to hear any of the previous shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, try Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And also make sure to rate, comment, and subscribe. We're still going to be here. We're still going to give you some fresh daily content. So stick with us. It has been a couple of weeks, and I never talked about the San Diego goals last week. The reason being... I had that three-part series that I really wanted to do. And then there was the, of course, big-time announcements that were going on regarding the coronavirus. And there was also the two Ducks games that were going on, the game against Ottawa and the game against St. Louis. That was a pretty big game. Last time we checked in with the goals, they were on the outside looking in. And it was possible that they might have missed any chance at the playoffs. There still might not be any AHL this season. So there are four games to cover. I will go over those games very quickly. Two in this segment, two in the next. And then a little bit of a statistical deep dive on the last segment of this particular podcast. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of deep dives. But when you're not working or when you're working from home, you have more time to research such things. So let's start with the game. Friday, all the way back, Friday, March 6th. This was at the SAP Center. The goals were coming in on a pretty decent streak. They were coming in rather hot. First period, Justin Kloos. He scored in the first, had his 11th goal of the season, making it 1-0 goals. Chase DeLeo, he has been a firecracker all season long. And in that second period, kind of an interesting period. It started off with Chris Weidman getting a delay of game puck over the glass. So the Goals go on the penalty kill as they've done all season long. And what have they done all season long on the penalty kill? Well, what do you think happened? They scored a goal. They got three shots on goal right during that PK. And the Chase DeLeo goal, that was on a pretty nice original shot. The primary shot was from Alex Broadhurst. What happened was Stolarz got a fat rebound that ricocheted all the way close to the neutral zone. Alex Broadhurst picked it up, got a fantastic shot on Zachary Sachenko, and right there was the juicy rebound for Chase DeLeo to put the biscuit in the basket, 
and that gave the San Diego Goals a 2-0 lead at the time. Chase DeLeo with his ninth of the season, and the Goals just keep plugging away at those short-handed opportunities. And there's another shorty for the San Diego Goals. They've been fantastic at that all season long. And then the bottom fell out. Sasha Chimlewski got his 11th of the season. Nick Simone got his 5th of the season. That made it a 2-2 tie, and it would remain 2-2 all the way to overtime where Jaden Hogbawax won it in overtime for San Jose. But that point was very important at the time because at the time that San Diego got that point in an overtime loss, that put them percentage points ahead of the Ontario Reign. So we fast forward to just one night later, that Saturday night at San Jose. First off, I did not watch that game live because I was doing the LA Marathon that Sunday morning. And it was an 8 o'clock Pacific time start. 8 p.m. What were they thinking? Some of us have to sleep. And we also lose that hour. I'll admit I was awake at about 8. Heard the start of the game. Went to sleep maybe during the first intermission. I eventually did watch the game a couple of days afterwards. Because, you know, LA Marathon. That was pretty important at the time. Yeah, what happened on this game? Well, the goals acted like they were asleep. That's probably the other reason why I fell asleep after the first intermission because San Diego did not look good. They looked asleep. They allowed a shorthanded goal in the first couple minutes of the game to make it one nothing, and Evan Wenger got his ninth of the season. Yeah, the goals allowed a shorthanded goal. They do not do that very often. And then Johnny Brodzinski, the former Ontario Reign player and the former and still thorn on the side of the San Diego goals. Brodzy got his 13th of the season on the power play to make it 2 nothing, And this is where I eventually watched it later on. Chris Mueller got his 19th of the season on a power play for San Diego to make it 2-1. to But guess what? Third period. The captain strikes once again, and he's done this before in the season. He scores yet another shorthanded goal, his 22nd goal of the season, and I want to say his third or fourth shorty of the season. And just doing a quick check, live research, folks, I'm pretty sure it's his third or fourth shorty of the season, and in fact, it's his fourth. Yes, Sam Carrick's fourth shorty of the season. That's a career high for him. That ties things up at two goals apiece going into overtime. And in that overtime period, at about 10.30 something, I don't know what time this was, I was asleep, but Isaac Lundestrom with about three seconds left, once again on a rebound. It was a rebound off of a shot in overtime, and Isaac Lundestrom got the rebound, put it away, and that would be the game. So yeah, San Diego won it in overtime at the last second. Oh, boy. And the primary shot was from Justin Kloos. And right on that little scrum, it was Josh Mahura that picked up the rebound and deflected it right to Lundestrom, who got the game-winning goal with just about three seconds left. So the goals won a very important game. 3-2 to two at SAP Center the following day. That was a massive, massive win for the San Diego goals. And before we head into the first intermission, I want to tell you how Locked On Podcasts can make your local business work just for you. 
And that's with Locked On Advertising, because if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Ducks, or in this case, Locked On Gulls, is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Gulls fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with other San Diego Goals fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local business, especially down in San Diego. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com forward slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you guys recall, the Tuesday and Wednesday where there was hockey going on with the San Diego Goals, at the same time, there were games at the Ponda. That Tuesday and Wednesday, there were games against the Ottawa Senators and the St. Louis Blues. There were also Goals games at the time. They were on the road at Tucson. So I did not watch either of these games live, mainly because I was at Anaheim. I did watch the Tuesday game on Wednesday, and it was a stinker, so I kind of skipped through some of it. Uh, Wednesday's game, I didn't watch until a couple days later, and I will explain why. Because that Wednesday night after leaving the Ponda, I think we all kind of had the feeling that this might be the last time we're all together at Honda Center this season. And we're probably right in that. And we were just kind of waiting for the news to take place that the season might be postponed. So that's why there was no goals show on that Thursday. Is At the time, that was pretty major news. So I ended up not watching this game until a couple of days later. The Wednesday game, that is. The Tuesday game, I guess I could talk about for a minute, for a hot minute. Honestly, if I'm going to be completely honest, the goals kind of didn't show up, but Tucson played one of their best games of the season. They looked like they were on top of everything defensively. They were shutting down lanes. They were giving San Diego a hard time getting into the zone. It looked like a complete domination for Tucson right away. San Diego had a hot start. They outshot Tucson 13-9 in the first and most of those were early on. Once Tucson woke up and flipped that switch, it was all over from there. There was a couple goals they should have gotten in that uh, first period, but they didn't. And by the way, both of these games were started by Kevin Boyle. Yes, the goals did have the services of Ole Eriksson Ek available. He had just been brought up from the ECHL. And the reason for this was because Anthony Stolarz had been called up to the Anaheim Ducks. And if you recall, Anthony Stolarz did start that Wednesday game at against St. Louis. So it was all Kevin Boyle for those two games. Yeah, he looked like a picket fence in that second period because Blake Spears got a goal. Then Jordan Gross got a goal. And then Kyle Capobianco got a power play goal. And that was pretty much all she wrote. Tucson dominated in 
every facet in that second period. They outshot San Diego 14 to 5. Uh, chances, they numerously outnumbered them on chances. The Corsi was completely dominant on the Tucson side. They held the puck for, it seemed like, 15 of the 20 minutes. After that, it was no contest. Tucson would go on to easily win 3 to nothing. And then we head into Wednesday's game, which I didn't see till Friday. I'll admit that. Uh, Tucson looked the same, but San Diego looked like they just woke up. With about four and a half minutes left in the first period, and this was coming off of a penalty that was assessed to the uh, Tucson Roadrunners. Uh, Jeremy Guaguar got a two-minute penalty. So, yeah, San Diego would go in the power play. And that would pay off. Troy Terry got his sixth goal of the season to make it one nothing San Diego. Second period. Yeah, not much happened. Tyler Steenburgen got his eighth of the season to make it a one one tie. After two periods, San Diego was out shooting them 24-12. The third period is where things got a little bit crazy. The captain once again... Sam Carrick, only 22 seconds into the first period, he blasted one in to make it a 2-1 to lead for the goals. And the assist on that one went to Brendan Gooley and Troy Terry. Yeah, they were both down from the Anaheim Ducks trying to get some work in with San Diego. And also the reason for that move at the time was to give the goals players a chance to get their legs under them for a possible playoff push. And then Terry got his second of the game only three minutes later to make it 3-1 to one San Diego. Kyle Capobianco, he strikes again on the power play for Tucson to cut the lead in half. But with 55 and a half seconds left, Chase DeLeo gets his 10th goal of the season, another goal on this road trip, and that would be the final score. San Diego would go on to beat the Tucson Roadrunners, 4-2 to two in front of a pretty decent crowd. 1-4-4 uh, was the power play for San Diego. Overall, the power play has not looked great for the goals, but it hasn't looked terrible either. It's looked okay. I mean, if I'm going to be honest, the passing is there. The one-timers are kind of there. You know, they can't be afraid to take those one-timer shots on the power play. If you have the shot there, you just take it. Don't hold onto the puck for longer than you have to. Something that the Ducks and the Goals have trouble with, or they had had trouble with all season long. But give credit to Kevin Boyle for starting his second game on a back-to-back and looking pretty fresh. He looked pretty good throughout the game, and that would give San Diego once again a 4-2 victory Wednesday, March 11th. And that was the last night of hockey. As you guys are well aware, there's no hockey going on. The coronavirus is happening. So, again, I will just say, let's just be careful out there. It was a pretty good road trip for the San Diego goals. I mean, they beat Tucson. They, were, they split Tucson. They did well at San Jose. They got five out of six possible points at the SAP Center. So, that's worth something. And then they went and beat Stockton after before that. So, I mean, they didn't do bad. The only two losses in regulation were were both against a very high-quality Tucson Roadrunner team that had seemingly found its place back. They got their groove back. They were back on the top of the Pacific Division standings. So aside from Tucson, they had a very impressive road trip. So give the goals a lot of credit 
for playing pretty well in the last three and a half weeks of hockey for the San Diego Goals. And coming up after the second intermission, we're going to break down some stats for you. Oh yeah, stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, or in this case, Locked On Goals. Unusually, it's a Monday this time. I've been wanting to do this show for a while, but because of the coronavirus taking out hockey, we haven't had games in almost two weeks now. So I wanted to talk about something that the goals have done this season that has been amazing, and that is shorthanded goals. Why are we talking about shorthanded goals? Because San Diego... I don't want to say they lead the league in shorthanded goals because they don't. They've also played the least amount of games as far as well, pretty much most other teams in the league. Because the goals are in the Pacific Division, they play less games than all the other divisions. In fact, when you look at the amount of games they've played, San Diego's only played 57 games. You know, the Stockton Heat and San Jose played 55, Colorado and Bakersfield 56. So San Diego hasn't played a lot of games. However, in those 57 games, the goals have managed to get 17, 17 shorties. The second highest team in the division has seven. And the second highest team in the entire Western Conference has nine shorthanded goals. And that would be the Rockford Icehogs. They have nine shorties. Milwaukee has seven. Iowa, seven. Chicago, seven. Colorado 7, San Diego 17. 17? Really? My God. What is San Diego doing right as far as their penalty kill? They're shorthanded. I did a deep dive on their shorthanded exploits on a previous podcast all the way back in December or November when I talked about how they got off to such a hot start. And in seven of those games, they had seven shorties. And that was a time span between November 2nd and November 16th where they scored seven shorthanded goals in seven games. So this was way back way back then. Recently, San Diego, they've done pretty well. As I said in the first segment, two shorties in two consecutive games. So I'm going to break down a little bit of what they've done recently. If you recall on the February, I want to say uh, first week of February for the Locked On Goals podcast, you may have heard an interview with one Kiefer Sherwood. That was the game where Sherwood got the unusual hat trick where he got a penalty shot, then a shorthanded goal with time running out, then another shorty to get the hat trick. Yeah, a hat trick with a penalty shot and two shorties. That one still boggles my mind right now. So on that game, San Diego got two shorties. After that, they went completely stone cold as far as the penalty kill goes. Between February 1st and February 19th, they had a 5-1-2 record. They were 4 out of 22 on goals allowed as far as the PK. So that's an 81% penalty kill, which is not bad. But here's where I really delved into it. Shots on goal during the penalty kill. Opponents had 36 shots on goal during those penalty kills. You know how many shots on goal San Diego had? How many short-handed shot attempts they had? Two. 
you heard me right. Two shorthanded shots in eight games. That's a fourth of a shot per game. What is that? What happened there? Well, I'll tell you what happened. Um, During that second game of that little run, yeah, San Diego was still winning. But as far as penalty killing, they didn't do the best job. And part of that is attributed to losing Brendan Gooley. If you guys remember, Gooley was recalled by the Anaheim Ducks around that stretch. So losing Gooley was massive, and I didn't realize how massive it was until I really delved deep into it. With Gooley out, he was one of those players that was one of the strongholds of that penalty-killing unit for the San Diego goals. And as far as PK goes, first off, Gooley has got a pretty good stick. He's got very, very fantastic awareness, which you saw on that January 31st game against the San Jose Barracuda. Yeah, Brendan Gooley was part of that, I guess, PK unit where they were bothering defenses left and right. And especially on that game against the Barracuda, where Sherwood got the Hattie. Gooley was everywhere. And he was everywhere even on the February 1st game. They at least got one shot on goal against. So yeah, between February 5th and February 19th, one shorthanded shot. That's it. They were blanked the rest of those games. That's how bad it was. As far as the power play allowed, San Diego allowed... 1.6 shots per power play, which is a little bit above average. It's not the best, but it's not the worst either. But when you have that kind of disparity, 36 shots to two, you know something's going on here. So you have to look at the games more closely. You have to look at the personnel they have. Gooley was one of those personnel pieces that the goals obviously missed around that time. And then we go to February 21st to March 7th. The reason I'm not including the 10th or the 11th, I'll tell you why in a second. Uh, The goals compiled a 5-1-1 record along that stretch of time. So yeah, I guess it didn't completely matter in the standings. I mean, ever since January 31st, they've won 12 games. They've gone 12-3-3, which is fantastic. That was a fantastic way to end the season. And in that 5-1-1 and stretch, they allowed only three goals in 21 power play chances for the opposing team. That's an 86% PK. That's much better. In fact, I would say that is better than league average because league average is around 82.5%, about. So during that previous stretch, they were below average. During this stretch, they were above average. Not many teams have a penalty kill above 87%. Just the Charlotte Checkers, the Hershey Bears, and I think that's it. Oh, and the Stockton Heat. But that's it. San Diego is up in the top 10 as far as penalty killing goes. They are one of the best PKs in the entire American Hockey League. But as far as shots on goal, 25 shots allowed on the PK. That's 3.6 per game. It's a little better. They had 18 shorty shot attempts. 18 shots on goal while they are down a man. And in that stretch, they had three shorthanded goals. They had one at Bakersfield, one at San Jose, and another at San Jose. Wow, they're those are really the whipping boys of the San Diego goals, aren't they? The San Jose Barracuda. I mean, they had two on the 31st of January, two on that early March. And then looking back, 
I mean, they had other shorties even in November against San Jose as well. Gee, I wonder why. I'm going to hearken back to March, sorry, November 13th. That was another game where there was two shorthanded goals against the Barracuda. So in those games, five of them were against San Jose, but they're the doormats of the Pacific Division. So not a huge surprise there. But that's also a massive difference between those eight games and those seven games. 18 shorty shots on goal. That's 2.6 per game, three goals. Here's the biggest difference. Shots per power play. In the previous stretch, there were 1.6 shots per power play. On the latest stretch that I just mentioned from February 21st to March 7th, 1.2 shots per power play. So what changed? Well, two things. Well, okay. It was the trade deadline around that time. Yes, they had lost Brendan Gooley. And the Ducks were kind of decimated on defense. So they had to call guys up and down on defense. They were very shorthanded. I mean, at one point, they had a couple of new guys on D. And one of them had to play on the penalty kill. So really, it was differing roles. Once the dust settled and once the goals had their consistent lineup again, you saw a drastic improvement. Once the goals acquired Joel Person on that kind of deal, that seventh trade that didn't get a lot of play, if you recall, that was the Ducks, I guess, giving up Angus Redmond and a seventh-round pick to Edmonton, and the goals received Joel Person. And Edmonton received that pick if Person plays 25 games in Anaheim in the following season, 2020-2021. He's a very good killer. Another great long-stick player that you may have seen other teams have. But most of all, I like his active stick on defense. As far as getting deflections goes, he gets into those lanes and gets in the middle of those shots, which is something else that I want to bring up as far as a big difference. And this is watching the games. Blocking shots effectively. San Diego did a much better job blocking shots on those seven games that I mentioned between February 21st and March 7th. Getting into shots, getting your body into shots, but most of all, just deflecting the shots to the corners with your sticks. That's what's become very important in San Diego. Hopefully something that they will continue to do next season. And I know that's something that the head coach for the San Diego goals, Kevin Deneen, he's been pretty good about just penalty killing and getting in the way. So maybe that's something we will see in the future as far as the San Diego goals go and with that that's a little deep dive in oh by the way one more thing before we close the reason i hadn't used the previous two games at tucson well here's why tucson was one for six on the power play tucson had 13 shots on goal in the power play san diego had no shorty shots on goal then on the 11th tucson was one for five on the power play they had nine shots on goal during that power play time. San Diego had zero shots on goal while being shorthanded. And that's why I didn't include those games. But Tucson was also the best team in the Pacific. They got all their guys back. They were clicking very well. So yeah, maybe it's not fair to include those two games in this little, I guess, breaking down of special team stats. But there you go. And with that, I just want to say thank you all for listening so much. And thank you for your continued support through this weird parallel time period 
where there's no hockey, but we're going to stick through this together. If you want to hear any of the previous episodes of Locked on Anaheim Ducks, check out the archive at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to rate, comment, and please subscribe. And please let me know what you thought of today's breakdown of the goals. And also, let me know what you thought of that three-part series. I really do want to open up a dialogue about that. So I welcome you to go back, listen to last week's three-part series regarding the Spanish flu in hockey and how it relates to what's going on today. There was a lot of research that went into it, a lot of old newspaper clippings. So definitely check out those three podcasts if you have not already. And if you want to talk hockey with me, you can hit me up on Twitter or email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Wash your hands, practice social distancing, and stay safe, San Diego.